I uh, did a little studying uh, and praying as I was trying to come up with a lesson sitting on the school bus uh, waiting on kids to come out. And uh, I want to talk our lesson tonight. Uh, I've entitled it Pressing Toward the Goal. Pressing Toward the Goal. Now, we're in the process now where we are uh, beginning to wind up this series about growing into maturity. And uh, uh, although you don't have a piece of paper up there, uh, Chris, we're going to be reading uh, out of Philippians. And um, I've got my old New King James, my New King James Bible here, Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to begin to read in verse 10. And we're going down through verse 16. Uh, and uh, pressing toward the goal. Amen. And let's go ahead and uh, we, will, uh, we will read that. Uh, uh, New King James Version is what I have. Uh, he said, that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. Amen. I press on. I like that. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those things which are ahead. Wow. I see so many people still living their life in the past. It's kind of like trying to take a road trip and do your traveling by looking through the rear view mirror instead of looking through the windshield. Verse 14, he said, I press toward the goal, press toward the mark, the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, now the regular King James says perfect, but that's one thing I have been driving home to you during this whole lesson, that that word perfect does not mean somebody reaches a level where they don't never sin again. As long as you're in this flesh, you're going to have some problems with yourself. Hallelujah. But that don't mean that we can't mature in Christ. Hallelujah. One way, a lot of people hadn't learned that. Brother Paul, one way that we mature in Christ, if we do make a mistake, be man or woman enough to admit it, go on. Hallelujah. A lot of people hadn't learned that lesson. Amen. I make mistakes, I make wrong choices, I make wrong decisions, and everybody does. But God will not hold that against me, and he won't hold that against you if we will confess to that 
Amen. And then go on from it. Hallelujah. Forgetting the things that are behind. Looking ahead. I believe there's better days ahead than they are behind. Even though we are living in a world that's so filled with evil. I preached last Sunday morning about the violence. And look, I mean, man, my heart broke. That young, that young lady, her life in front of her, standing there interviewing, and this guy, before he kills himself, had enough nerve. He, he, you know, uh, did a selfie of himself. There he was walking up towards that young reporter and that young guy that was uh, uh, doing the camera, and you could see him holding the gun right there as he had that selfie walking up, you know. And there she was, standing there holding the microphone, interviewing that one lady and the other guy at the camera. They had no idea in the world that they were seconds from eternity. Hallelujah. This world's messed up, folks. It's messed up. It's full of evil, full of violence. But praise God, we're a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And we're secure in Him. Even though we even though we lose our life, we're secure in Him because this old body is not the real you anyway. Well, let me let me finish reading this because I'm 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 going ahead here. Uh, he said, therefore, verse fifteen. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we are already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Talking about in our lesson tonight, pressing on toward the goal. Amen. You know, after we have acknowledged Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of our life, uh, we then begin to press toward a goal, a prize. Uh, We're pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And there's a reason why he said press. Hallelujah. There's a reason why he said press. Because there are things that's going to be obstacles in our way. And we're going to have to push. We're going to have to press. It's not going to be an easy journey. It's not going to be an easy road. We're not going to be able to handle it all by ourselves. Amen. But it's a pressing way. Hallelujah. But we got to press towards the prize of which we have been called to. And church, our desire should be to be one with Jesus. I want to be one with Him. I'm still pressing toward that. I want to be one with the Lord. That is, and what what do you mean to be one with Christ? It's to have His mind, to have His attitude, and have His purpose, the front center of our lives. Hallelujah. Have His mind. Paul said so at another place. He said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we're pressing for. 
we're trying to shake off as much as we can of this old flesh and this old Adam. Amen. That we were born into. Amen. And pressing, amen, to a goal and, and something that we need to attain. So to have his mind, his, uh, uh, his attitude, and have his purpose, that should be the front center of our lives. Now, we're gonna go, I want to go back to where we started off and talk, talk briefly about some of those things. The first thing that we read about, he said that I may know him, the power of his resurrection. Apostle Paul had a desire to know him. How many of us as part of the church today really have a desire to know the Lord? To know him. How? How to know him? He said in the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Now, uh, the power of his resurrection can only come through one thing. That's through the Holy Ghost. When Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, there's only one thing that brings resurrection power, and that's the Holy Ghost. Uh, Chris, if you don't mind, uh, Put me up Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Amen. Romans 8 and 11. Hallelujah. Amen. To know him. Paul had a desire to know him. Look at this. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, now, when we talk about raising Jesus from the dead, we're talking about a resurrection, right? But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. So grab a hold of that, what Paul said, that I may know him. Know him. Hallelujah. To know him means to have an intimate relations with him. It don't just mean, uh, uh, you know, well, you know, I know, I, I know, brother Paul there, I uh, know brother Darrell back there, or or or, or something, or something else, and you love somebody. But to know him means to have intimate relations. That word, when you trace it back, goes all the way back to Genesis. To where Bible, the Bible said, and Adam knew Eve, and she brought forth a son. It's an intimate relationship. Paul said to know him. He said, he, I don't want, I don't want to just stop uh, read, uh, you know, reading about him and hear somebody talking about him, but I want to know him myself. I want to know him on an intimate basis. To know him means to have an intimate relation with him. And listen, listen close. And intimate relations leads to giving birth to the fruit of that relationship. Hallelujah. When you have intimate relations with someone, it's going to lead to giving birth to the fruit of that relationship. So 
I'm a pressing, I'm a pushing to know him, to have a relationship with him, to have an intimate relationship with him. And if I if I if I get that, then then there's going to be a birth in my life. There's going to be a birth in your life. What is it? The Bible says, and we talk, remember, we're talking about the Holy Ghost now, to know him and the power of the resurrection. And remember, we read the scripture that if the same spirit dwell in you that was in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. Well, then, you got when you tie the word together, to give birth to the fruit of her, of the intimate relationship for the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, a lot of people misquote that and misunderstand that. It don't say, it didn't pluralize, the, it didn't say fruits. Go back and look into your Bible. It said the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. When you know God on an intimate basis, you're going to give birth to love. It's going to come out of you. The, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by what? What's the Scripture say? Oh, somebody ought to know it. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by? The Holy Ghost. Amen. For the fruit of the Spirit is love. I don't care how somebody, how much somebody speaks in tongues. To me, that's not proof they got the Holy Ghost. There's other things. There's other things. Is the love of God being manifested? Have they given birth to love? God is love. Jesus said the world, whole world should know you my disciples, not because you talk in tongues, not because you run around the church and you fall out and you do all this other stuff. He said the world will know you my disciples if you've got love one for the other. If we don't do that, then we're, 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 like, we're like a bong and a, a tinging cymbal, he said. Hallelujah. You can get up there and you take one of them cymbals on that drum set and stick it and you can bang it till you got the migraine the size of New York City. But you're not going to get no melody out of those cymbals. You're not going to get no melody out of there. There ain't no way you can get a song out of there. It makes, just makes a noise. And that's what Paul said in, uh, over there in 1 Corinthians. He said, he said, even, even though that we speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, it don't mean nothing. It don't mean anything. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then from that love proceeds joy. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you go right along. From the love, joy, peace, Gentleness, mercy, meekness, long-suffering, temperance, all those things. That's through an intimate relationship with God. And if you had never had an intimate relationship with God, there's no way that that's going to produce in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, we got to.
to know him. Amen. Give birth. But not only in the power of the resurrection. Hallelujah. I won't be finished with what, I, you know, I, I, even though I rushed to get what I did done, I'm not going to get it all done tonight. So we'll, Lord willing, but by next week we'll have you some ketchup stuff given to you and go from here. But, but not just to know him in the power of the resurrection, but Paul said to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, we all like to talk about the Holy Ghost. We like to talk about the power of the resurrection. But we don't like too much to talk about suffering. <laughs> but suffering is needful to help get us to our goal. I'm not going to make it without suffering. You're not going to make it without suffering too. Because our flesh is not going to go willingly to where God is trying to lead us. Our flesh is not going to willingly go. Amen. We get there kicking and, you've heard me say, kicking and dragging our feet all the way. Paul said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, but I also want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Why? Um, it's because that we strive to attain something. Amen. We have to, this lesson's talking about pressing, that we're pressing into this thing. It's not easy. It's not easy for those of us who's been in, been in it the longest. It's still not easy. We have difficulty in doing. There's a song that the Shelton family used to sing, and um, I think about it every now and then. And I'd like, I'd like to be able to go back and see if I could find some of their old tapes and get the words to it. The song says that you go through life doing things for the Lord whatever it is that you do for God and God's kingdom. But the song says, When I stand before the King in His glory, somehow I believe I wished I'd done more. We might not wish that here, but I guarantee you when we get there, we'd wish we'd done more than we'd done. Hallelujah. That we'd have touched more lives in a, in a, in a, in a, in a better way in a kinder way. Um, I want you to, um, in the King James Version, Chris, put me up 2 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. It's a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Go ahead. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also, he will also deny us. Now, see what Paul meant? He said, I want to know him, not just in the power of the resurrection, 
but in the fellowship of his sufferings. Why in the world would Paul desire to go through the suffering? He explains it to young minister Timothy. Timothy was a young man coming up that he was training and teaching to take over. He said, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. So this just easy believism that most of the churches are teaching today, it's way wrong. It's going to take more than just say, I believe in Jesus. It's going to take a whole lot more. There's going to be some suffering involved if you're pressing toward that goal. Hallelujah. You're going to have some hardships. You're going to have some heartbreaks. But if we suffer with him, we're going to reign with him. It'll be worth it after a while. It'll be worth it after a while. You see, we go through all of this that we attain. And we read, I read the scripture to you in, in the beginning. And let me, let me find that where I read. Verse 11, he says, If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul said, I've got to press. I've got to suffer. Whatever it takes, I've, I've got to attain to where I'm going to be part of that first resurrection. Hallelujah. Now, everybody's going to be resurrected but it all depends on which resurrection you go in. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Hallelujah. Brother Paul, I got to, I got to achieve that. I got, to, I got to attain that. My desires and my wants and my isms and stuff don't mean nothing. I'm talking about, I, I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing toward this goal. I've got to make it, i got to get there. That I may attain. Hallelujah. Luke 20 and 35. Put that on the screen. Luke 20 and 35. Hallelujah. But those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Now, he's, he's talking about something different here in the middle of this text. Uh, and uh, he was trying to explain something to the Pharisees and all the Sadducees course and let them know that I mean although you may you will you not may you you'll know the, the person that was your mate down here but you will not live as husband and wife in heaven you won't you will not live as husband and wife in heaven and that's what Jesus was talking but but the point of this that I want to 
to bring out, it said, but those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection from the, from the dead. Not everybody's going to be worthy to make that, to attain that resurrection. And when he says the resurrection, that he's talking about the first resurrection. Hallelujah. I'm a pressing. Why are you pressing? Because I want, I want to attain that first resurrection. Unless I'm alive and living when he splits the skies and I'm raptured up, I want to make sure I go out with that first train load. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to make sure, I don't care how long I've been dead in the ground, I want to make sure I hear Gabriel's trumpet when it sounds. Hallelujah. But those who are counted, those who are counted worthy is going to attain that age. And the resurrection from the dead. We're struggling. We're pressing. Now, in, in, in the regular King James, Chris, I'm going to give you one more scripture, and I'm going I'm to wind it up. And I'm gonna, 2 Timothy 2 and 15. I'm going to bring something out tonight because I got an opportunity to do so. This is uh, there's some scriptures every, I, I think everybody's got their uh, uh, pet, pet peeves about things. And after, after I went through uh, Bible college and I began to study deeper into the Word. Uh, I was asked, and I went back, and I was a Bible instructor in one of the uh, classes for a while, and and uh, and I taught, I taught hermeneutics, and that's a big long word, and I don't, you don't have to worry about that. It's just, you know, it's a technical term, it's a theological term. But her hermeneutic means the proper understanding to interpret Scripture. That helped me and that blessed me to, to, to know to never take nothing for granted. Don't never take nothing in God's Word at just at the surface level. You've got to dig deeper to find out really what is meaning. Now, I'm talking about pressing, trying to attain a goal. The main goal is I can make it first resurrection. I was taught for years. I went to church for years, and Bible teachers told me, and I, I've, I've known 2 Timothy 2 and 15 for years, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. It was pounded in my skull that that, that right there, study to show us proof, means I've, I've, I've got to study this word. I've got to read it, and I've got to study it. That is not what the Apostle Paul meant. That word study right there in that text, according to the original Greek, has nothing to do with me opening up the Bible and studying the Bible. That's not the kind of approval he's talking about here. It 
goes right along with what we are seeing here tonight about trying to attain something, to press toward a goal. 2 Timothy 2, 15. This is how it reads in the New King James. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. What this scripture's saying is, what Paul's saying is, I've got to be diligent in my life, diligent in the way I serve God, that God approves of me. It don't matter if man approves of me or not. I've got to be diligent to show myself approved of God so when I stand before God, I won't be ashamed. That's what that verse is talking about. And I can t- I take you to the Strong's Concordance and take you down to the exact Greek word and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's what Paul was saying. We're pressing. We're trying to attain. There's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be a lot of people who stand before the judgment bar of God and they're going to drop their head in shame. When he points out everything that they've done wrong and where they didn't try, When he says, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I knew you not. I've heard people brag and say, well, you know, I'll, I'll be defiant. No, I don't, there, there won't be a defiant soul before the throne of God. When he speaks in his majesty, in his glory, and he starts telling all that stuff, <laughs> and I see that my sins ain't been covered by the blood, and I haven't, I haven't done my best to live a life approved by God. See, we're trying, to, we're trying to live a life to where God approves of our life. And bet your bottom dollar, you going, you, we go through the test, we go through the trial, because that's what a testing is really all about, proving us to see what we're really made of. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't want to drop my head in shame at the judgment bar. I don't want to have to drop my head in shame. I want to be diligent about going to the house of God, diligent about praying, diligent about being a witness, being diligent about everything I do for God. Anything you do for God, church, if you're doing it for God, it's worth giving your best. Hallelujah. I, God gave us his best, and I, I never have understood why people want to be so haphazard about serving God. Hallelujah. It don't matter if you don't have any kind of talent, and you don't, you're never up on the stage or whatever. If you're, if you're the toilet cleaner, you ought to be diligent enough. You say, praise God, I'm, I'm not doing this for pastor. I'm not doing this for nobody else. Hallelujah, this is the kingdom of God, and I'm going to be the best toilet scrubber that God ever had in the kingdom. Because I'm working to be approved by him. It's nice for a man or a woman to come and say, hey, good job. That's good. We like to hear that. But I want to hear God say good job. Hallelujah. That means more. That means more. Hallelujah. So tonight, we're pressing toward something. We're pressing toward a goal. And you know what? 
as we get so close to the end of this thing winding up, I've often wondered about a lot of the preachers and people on TV and stuff that's been de deceiving people for so long. And man, they look like they got everything together and everything going, and God's, they're right in God's, God's corner. More and more of them, it's coming out what they really are. Hallelujah. I found out a long time ago, it didn't take what he said recently. It's got a lot of people upset saying didn't, didn't think they was going to listen to T.J. Jakes no more. I gave up on that fellow a long time ago. Hallelujah. When he denied the faith that he was in. Hey, that was, it, it was, what, three or four years ago now, and I, you, probably, you probably could look it up and st still see the interview, but a lot of people was getting upset over him and uh, they was—they're going to start cutting him off, and maybe even off the TBN and all that, and all that other stuff. He went on a panel, and men asked him what he really believed. Was he one of these one God people or not? Or did he believe in the Trinity? He sat there at that table, and I saw it with my own eyes. People, he said, "Well, at one time, he said I was one of them apostolics, and I thought that way." He said, "Thing about." Uh, about what he's talking about, uh, homosexuality, he said God began to evolve certain things. Bishop Carl Angle has preached in his church in West Virginia many years ago when he had a little old church there in the hills, no more than 30 people. Power and money can do a lot of things to somebody. But I'm trying to tame something. Hallelujah. I'm reaching for something. I'm struggling. I want to be approved by him. I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be ashamed when I stand before the throne.